Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Garrett, the wind up in the pitch. Swung on, line drive, left field. Brian De La Cruz going back, going back at the track, at the wall. Reaches up and it's gone. Trey Turner with a solo shot, number 10 on the year. And he puts the Phillies on the board here in the first. It's one to nothing. Well, it started well. Anyway. Seemed really good at the time. Good morning, everybody. It is a sweltering Sunday morning in the Delaware Valley. I'm Glenn Mack now, joined by my pal, Jody McDonald. How are you this morning, Jodeth? Well, after yesterday's Phillies game, not as good as when I talked to you 24 hours ago, uh, but uh, we'd be all right. Hey, it was fun while it lasted, right? It's they, they tie a franchise record with 13 straight road wins. They, they climb from below 500 to put themselves in a wild card spot as we head into the All-Star break. One more game today to aim to keep some momentum, hoping that Aaron we get Aaron Nola the good. But, yes, as you allude, yesterday, yesterday not so good. Uh, and as we know, baseball is not football, right? You, you don't dissect every play of every baseball game. But there are a few things from yesterday that certainly stand out, none of which are in a good way. Let us start with uh, really what we feared was going to be the big lingering news, and this is Bryce Harper up at bat early in the game, third inning of the game, and, well, here comes the pitch. Harper doubled his first at bat, and he takes that first pitch, and did it hit him? Yeah, it did. It hit his hand, and he throws the helmet down. He is uh, walking straight to the dugout, and now he has stopped. But uh, the trainer, Joe Rauch, out to uh, check him out. It's not a good scene. Now Harper just kind of walking around, doubled over in pain. Did it get him? It, it got him. Yeah, got him on the hand. He is uh, he is in pain. We're going to get a replay here. Uh, it took Actually, him right yeah. off the elbow. That was That's yeah. right off the right elbow that he had his procedure on. Jody, Kevin Stocker is correct. It did not hit him in the hand. I don't know that would have been better or worse, but it hits him right in that Tommy John elbow. Your thoughts at the moment you watch that, Jody McDonald? Yikes, uh, because <laughs> as Murph correctly, he might have had the uh, location of where the pitch hit him wrong, but uh, I was watching on TV at the time. Bryce Harper was in pain. It wasn't like one of those, shake it off, give me 30 seconds, I'll be fine. It looked to me like he was significantly hurt, and that's just Stone Cold scary. If it's somewhere else on him, okay. Anytime Bryce Harper gets hurt, it's not a good thing for the Phillies. But the the worst place he could possibly get hit is on the elbow, and that's exactly where he took it. 
I feared the worst. It wasn't the worst because he both stayed in the game and the report we got thereafter, which we'll touch on in a second. But here's here's the good and the bad of Bryce Harper. You love the fact that he's a stone-cold gamer. You were off two weeks ago on a Saturday, and I pointed out that Bryce Harper was stuck on three home runs and that he had less than 20 RBIs. And I got some retaliation on the phone. He's a gamer. He plays. He wasn't supposed to be back till August. Who cares what he does? You can't talk badly about Bryce Harper with some of the people here in town. And I noted that some of his stats aren't quite up to what's expected of one of the best players in Major League Baseball. So I get it. People love the fact that he is such a gamer and such a hard player and such a tough guy. What the hell was he doing trying to do a delayed steal in the third base thereafter? Well, what let's go he, to that. What yeah. was he thinking about uh, with that, Glenn? Uh, I, and not the first time. Let, let, let's get to that now because he gets to second on an error by old friend Gene Segura. So you have men on first and second in a game where everybody's hitting. So you don't, don't really see the big advantage of it. But, hey, here he goes. And now Bryce Harper taking advantage of uh, them not paying attention, trying to steal third, but he is thrown out. Kind of a delayed steal for Bryce Harper, and he is thrown out at third by the pitcher who had gotten the ball back from the catcher Fortes. Yeah, stealing third is something that you really want to save for moments when, like, you need it or really want to save for Trey Turner, maybe. I don't even know who else in this team I want stealing third. It's not something that you do all the time, and it's also, and I think you're kind of alluding to this, not something that I want Bryce Harper doing three minutes after he gets plunked on that tender elbow. Exactly. I, I, I was my, my, I had to pick my chin up off my lap as I'm sitting here watching the game going, what is he doing? What is he attempting to do? And, again, I'm here to sing his praises because I got killed two weeks ago for pointing out some Bryce Harper down stats. I love the guy's aggressiveness as well, but that's just bad baseball. There's no way around that. On a delayed steal, Mac, you talk about uh, gray areas and, and compromise in the middle. Oh, no, that's cut and dry. You make it, you're an, an aggressive genius. You don't. You're a dope. You don't do that. You don't take that chance. Add to the fact that he had just gotten plunked on his bad elbow makes it even that much more egregious. Yeah, I couldn't believe Harper did what he did there. And we've had him in town now for several years, and you kind of live with those bad base running over-aggressive moves. They're always born out of over-aggressive, right? Mm-hmm. They're not, it's not Von Hayes. Geez, I know I'm going way back there. Maybe you can find somebody more recent. But Von Hayes would kind of wander off a of first base and lose attention and get picked off looking like a doorknob, right? It's not that. It's, it's, it's not stupidity in terms of not paying attention it's hey i think i can beat that throw to third base no you can't you can't outrun a baseball and and he does he does those a lot you don't love them you live with them this was a particularly bad one because of circumstances and yes because he got plunked in that elbow and you really want to make sure you don't want him to risk anything dumb uh, he says he's fine A- after the game. X-rays negative. Elbow is sore. Um, the, he he left the game the next time around. Bryson Stott came in to bat for him. I'm guessing that uh, he's not going to play today. 
I will be keeping an eye on the uh, starting lineups for Major League Baseball. We've got a couple hours before you and I get to the uh, leading off show. But uh, if I were a guessing guy, they are on the side of caution. Because, as you just correctly pointed out, sometimes Bryce Harper is his own worst enemy. Because he's so aggressive, because he so wants to win, that he'll do things that he ends up paying not only a price for, but a potential extra price for. Yeah, if I'm the manager of the Phillies today, even though you'd like to end the first half on an up note, you had this great road-winning streak, and it went by the board yesterday, Bryce Harper's health in the second half will go a lot further to how good the Phillies will be. Will they make the playoffs uh, rather than just the outcome of today's one game against the Marlins? Yeah, and I, geez, I just keep thinking about the impact of him playing first base. I have such mixed feelings about that. I really do. I really, and, and I'm going to get to the reason why I want to see him out on defense because of other changes I want to make there. But I, I got to tell you, I just have such second thoughts about him playing the field this year. I don't know if you've, where you uh, are on that. I'm okay with it, but I think you and I discussed this yesterday. If, if he can play and he can throw and they get to a point where they think they're not risking him tearing that elbow apart by making a throw, I'd rather see him in left field than first base. That's yeah. just me. I think it would balance the team more. And if not, you got to go get a left fielder to get Schwarber out of there on DH days when Harper's playing first base. It just uh, – and they should make the decision more by what's best for the team, short-term and long-term, because Harper's a long-term piece. But in, in the very short term for just this year – I, I, if Harper can play the field, I hope it's more left field than first base. Well, so uh, we're going to get to that right now, and and it is it is this. Um, let me back up again. Hey, they had a 13-game winning streak, and it was a great <laughs> run, and you're not going to win every game, and the Marlins are a decent team. You're down there. You're on a road trip. You know, you're going to lose some games, and we don't want to overanalyze it. But of everything that happened yesterday, this is what bothers me the most. Second and third, uh, second and third base, excuse me, second inning after your boy, Christian Pache, doubles in a run. Right. Bringing the fills down uh, back to three to two. Kyle Schwarber hits one back to the box, and, well, here's what transpires. 2-2 pitch, swung on and lined back and off the glove of the pitcher, Braxton Garrett, and the run is going to score the throw to first is in time. What a play by Yuli Gurriel, who had to pretty much dive to catch that ball and then scamper back to first. Looks like the Phils are going to check it, and they do want to look at this, as they think Schwarber was able to beat the throw. Edmundo Sosa scored on the play, as that one came in and out of the glove of Braxton Garrett, and then the poor throw over to first. What a break for the Phils. I gotta tell you, from up here, he looks he looks safe. Like, yeah, he I mean, did. he didn't even look close. Now, we'll get a replay of it in our booth, but Kyle gets kind of a, a tough jump out of there. He's not the fastest guy, and just a horrible throw from the pitcher. Now, Kyle slows up. That's the one thing that I, if he would have just ran hard all the way through, it would have been no question at all. Well, I'm glad that uh, they they finally got to that, and they got a lot going on there in the broadcast booth, and they're looking to see if he's safe first, and the run, and the replay, and the whole thing. He loafed it, Jody. Yep. He he was slow out of the box because he thought he was out, and then he quit. 
halfway up the line. Uh, I'll let you do the. Uh, I'll let you take the lead on the rip here. And the funny thing about it, Glenn, because uh, I did tweet yesterday during the game that the Phillies were playing a sloppy game, an ugly game. There's one more aspect we need to get to. Harper's uh, delayed steal, Schwarber jogging down to first base. And I got some responses of, hey, he was safe anyway. MLB screwed us on the replay. It definitely showed he was safe, which, by the way, I was watching. I saw it. It was close. Uh, If you don't hold yourself to the first call needs to be blatantly overturned, if it was just make the call via replay, my call would have been safe. I agree with the, uh, the individuals who didn't like the fact that I pointed out that he just stunk old jog down to first base. You can't have that. Uh, Schwarber is a leader of this day. He's the leadoff guy. He's the guy who's made a difference since he got here. You can't just jog down to first base. You've got to go hard. I immediately thought of Jimmy Rollins, who used to do that, ground ball to second base. He'd just start jogging to first base, reserving his body for the rest of the season. No, you've got to play hard every day, every play, until you're out of first base. You've got to go hard. And if Schwarber had run hard, there's no question that he would have been safe Shame on Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, a few things. He would have been safe anyway is a really lame argument. It doesn't. Yeah. It, it, if that defends him loafing it, that's that doesn't work for me. No, nope. right? I, I don't. I don't care if he would have been safe anyway. He loafed. He he jogged. He he did not hustle. Uh, and as you said, he is a leader of the team. Jimmy Rollins was guilty of that. There is no yep. question about it. Over the years, my recollection is that Jimmy Rollins typically did that when there was nobody on base. It was a ground ball to short. He didn't think he was going to get there. Here you had guys on base. It, it seemed a worse circumstance to me. Not that I'm defending Rollins for doing it, but this just seemed as egregious as it's going to get. You're in the middle of an inning. You're in a rally. You're in a high-scoring game. This this was not a 6-1 to one game in the eighth inning where it's like, man, he's going to throw me out. I'll just kind of jog down there. This was – an important play early in what was going to be a high-scoring game. It was terrible. Um, I don't think, and we'll get the lineup again, I cannot imagine that the manager is going to bench him today. I would. I would. I'd send that message right now going into the All-Star game. Kyle, we really love you. You're our leadoff hitter. You can't do that and play the next day. As as a possibility – it becomes less possible because you and I both kind of agree we expect Harper out of the lineup. Yeah. So if you're going to take Harper out of the lineup, you're going to take Schwarber out on the same I'm, day. I'm running out of guys. Probably not. So even though yeah. I, I get your DH let's Garrett try and stubs. make a statement here today. And, again, I saw the postgame press conference, and uh, he didn't rip him. But the way the question was asked, he certainly acknowledged that, yeah, if Kyle had run hard, he would have been safe. Then we wouldn't have had to worry about the replay. So he did acknowledge that Schwarber came up small by not busting it down the line. Do I think it's going to end up in him uh, copping a squad on the bench today? No. I think he'll be in left field batting leadoff for the Phillies again. Yeah, I mean, the alternative is, is Pache in center, which was likely to happen anyway, and you play Martian in left. But he's a lefty against a left-handed pitcher who's – very tough on lefties, and um, Thompson doesn't particularly like to, to you know, he, he likes to play his right against lefties. All right, well, there you go. Uh, 215-592-9494. One more play to go over yesterday, and, boy, I, I really hope, like, we don't sound like, to use the old phrase, nattering nabobs of negativism because we really enjoyed this run. But a bad game's a bad game, and yep. you have to point it out. 
Fourth inning, uh, Marlins have Myers on first, one out. Hampson bunts, and it comes right uh, right back to the pitcher. Oh, and uh, the bunt uh, try by Garrett Hampson is off of the glove of Ranger Suarez, and uh, that is going to be a bunt single. I mean, you, you could almost, almost give this an error. I... Almost. Yeah, a couple of things. Um, <laughs> let me take the second one first. The fact that they called it a hit to begin with. Um, our good friend Anthony Sanfilippo wrote a great uh, column on Crossing Broad uh, two weeks ago, maybe slightly more than that, about Major League Baseball scoring this year that way too many plays that look like obvious errors are being scored as base hits. And Anthony went so far as to get on the grassy knoll and said he thinks it comes directly from Major League Baseball, that they've informed all official scorers. If there's any way you can call it a hit, call it a hit. We need to pump up our offensive numbers and sell our game as this much-improved offensive game. I don't know if Anthony's right about that, but there is some evidence that that's the case. And yesterday's original original call, that that was a base hit, kind of bust, uh, bolsters Anthony's argument. What do you mean a base hit? It was the most catchable pop-up bunt I've seen all year long, and Ranger just flubbed it and dropped it into foul territory after touching it in fair territory. There was no question in my mind it was an error, and it took like two innings for them to change the call. They left it up there as a base hit for like two innings and then officially said, yeah, no, that was an error. I don't know why it took two innings for them to decide that. It was one of the most blatant calls I've ever seen. I didn't get that a little bit, Glenn. And yeah, I didn't get Trenton Ranger dropping the ball. He's a gold glove level pitcher. Yeah, he's great. He had great had defensive a, player. He had a play earlier in the game. I think it was Gene Gene the hit machine. Went right back up the box and Ranger just whiffed on it. And the ball got into center field for an RBI hit. Not, he didn't have a great game throwing the ball, and he sure as heck didn't have a great game fielding the ball, which just added to the frustration of yesterday's game. The Phil's doing an ugly one, Mac Man. Yeah, it ended with a thud. Do you agree, by the way, with, with Anthony's argument that it is a deliberate attempt by baseball to make it appear there's more offense? <sighs> when I first read his posting, I said, okay, that's interesting. I thought it might be, as I noted, a trip onto the grassy knoll, a little bit too much conspiracy theory for me. But I I started paying more attention to it because of that. And then we have this glaring example of it yesterday. Now, it got overturned. Uh, Maybe there's a control center in New York where uh, they're watching every single game. They go, oh, yeah, no, you can't do that. That's just blatant. We're going to get caught in our attempt to hoodwink the baseball fans of America. I still say I doubt it, but I can't just completely dismiss it either, that they are trying to bolster the offensive numbers. Yeah, I have no better argument. I mean, it's like great inflation of a sort, right? It's just and – it, and it's so – it's just so obvious, so 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 dumb, so blatant, as you say, that it really makes no sense. So they got one more game today um, before the All-Star break. Aaron Nola gets the start for the Phillies, who was terrific – in his last game, may have had his best game of the year. It goes against Lazardo, who's a really tough left-hander. Uh, good matchup, and that game comes on. It's a 140 start. You and I are going to be on until around 1230, uh, and then we got uh, leading off at that point. And one of the things we want to do today with you, get a lot of calls, is assess the Phillies at midseason, at the All-Star break. What's, 
What's your confidence level at the off at uh, the midseason? You and I have been putting out our numbers. I was at and will remain at seventy percent confident they'll make the playoffs. You? I was seventy-eight yesterday, so I said I would tick up if they win. I have to be fair and tick up, uh, tick down when they lose. And oh, by the way, because of the ugly way they lost, uh, and the fact that we don't quite know yet, we've got a report that says. No uh, structural damage on the elbow. Um, and, oh, by the way, again, uh, watch the postgame show. Love Rob Thompson. He said, and you guys all know, Bryce Harper doesn't bruise. He doesn't get contusions. Because that's Bryce Harper. That's the way he always talks. I'm fine. I don't have a he, – mm-hmm. he'll always downplay any injuries he has. But until we see him back out there in the second half, we don't know how much getting plunked yesterday is going to actually affect him. So, yeah, I gotta, I gotta tick down a couple of percentage points, Mac. Oh, we may meet in the middle one of these days. <laughs> uh, let's talk to Rick in Easton, our first caller of the day. Rick, what do you think? I love leading off Mac and Mac. Uh, you know, guys, I have to really totally agree with the discipline aspect. You know, Topper has this Canadian low-key way of doing things that works for this team. I think they still can make the playoffs because I see what the competition is. But guys. If we did what Z, half these players do as far as fundamentals and, and making mental mistakes, errors we were okay with, whether it was the wrestling mat or the baseball field, we ran five to ten miles. These guys just have no consequences when they make a mistake. You know what, guys? It's one game. They're still in the playoff race. It's 80-some games left. Sitting Schwarber down – can make a statement, but I don't know if I don't know if these players respond today to that stuff. Well, Charlie used to do it uh, occasionally with Rollins. He mm-hmm. did it. Um, I, I I'm always reluctant to make the comparison of those guys to your basic high school jock because it is it's a different world. Those guys are the best 500 people in the world at what they do, and they get there by all really working hard. They were where we were at one point. They yeah, have well, they were, and then they stuff. and then they actually could play, and we kind of reached our limit, and that's what it was. So they're not. It's not regular jobs. They're not regular people. But all that said, I mean, I'm I'm setting that up to tell you, I would bench him today. I would play Marshall. Totally agree. And totally Pache agree. in center. Hey, by the way. <laughs> By the way, Glenn, you don't have to go back to Von Hayes. You can just go to the five pickoffs that three, uh, that Reese Hoskins got caught last year doing, not paying attention at first base. Uh, by the way, I know you have a lot, of, a lot of people coming up, and this is All Star Week coming up, and I have to, I, I have a hard time always forgetting this, only because I know that we say that that uh, Boom has RBIs and he could have been deserving and all that. You have to remember back in 1932. I know you know this, guys. Hank Greenberg had 103 RBIs at the All-Star break and did not make the All-Star team. Could you imagine if the Philadelphia Philly had 100 RBIs at the All-Star break and didn't make the All-Star team? Hold on. So he was behind Gehrig. That we know. That's okay. You have to get on the All-Star. You have to get on the All-Star. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of who, who would beat you out at first base with that. Right. Well, yeah, but you, yeah, but they, they, but you could, you could, you had to get, you had to find a way to get him. Yeah, I, I you know, listen. Funny you I, I don't, that. I don't disagree. You I know, don't, I, I don't disagree with that. By the way, Jody, I've been using Hank Greenberg as often as possible for my immaculate grid. Did you play yours today? Oh, after yesterday? yeah. Not as good day two. Oh yeah, yeah. Is I, that right? I, I played today. Uh, yeah. Shoot about 
9.30, I guess it was, after you and I'm, I talked about uh, the show. By the way, I'm, just, said, oh, I'm thrilled to hear on? that part. Uh, so I, I jumped on. I got like four pretty quickly. When yeah. Every day when you do it, you, you, okay, that's easy. Boom, click. That's yeah. easy. I got that one. All right, that one. I got four pretty quick. Then I had to stop and think. And then I made a guess on one and was wrong. Yeah, me too. So then... I was, like, struggling to come up with another one. I made a guess. I got it right. And then I took a shot with another one, and I was, like, a 50-50 conference. I was wrong. So I had two wrong, and I still had four more to get. And I was down to two guesses. I ah, screw this. <laughs> I, I got away. off it. So I think I only had five right, but I had two guesses. But I was already done. No chance at nine. And I really didn't know the other two, so I packed it in. Yesterday, at least I took guesses on all nine. This one I gave up with uh, four answers yet to be revealed. I got eight out of nine, uh, but I I missed one. People don't know. We talked about this yesterday. ImmaculateGrid.com is just a real fun little baseball game where you have to put players into boxes that they match. Um, Can I give you a a, a pro tip on this? Yeah. You know the Nationals uh, are one of the teams? Sure. You can use Expos for the Nationals. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, it's the history of the franchise. So if the franchise moved, like with the Oh, A's, so Tim Raines would have been a lock. T- Tim, oh, 30 for, stolen for, bases. Yes. Yeah, yes. I think that's one of the ones I got wrong. I couldn't come up with. I got frustrated and I said, screw this, I'm out. I got, I'll just uh, give you one. So one of them was, name somebody who played for Washington or the Nationals and the Texas Rangers. And I think, who the heck played for the Nationals and the Rangers? I couldn't Vlade. do it. Hmm? Vladi. Oh, Vladi. Sure, that's a great one. Yeah, I didn't know I didn't know you could use Expos. So, but, now, all of a sudden, I wouldn't feel so bad about my effort today. So, well, now you know for for tomorrow, but I ended up using for um, Washington, Montreal, and the Rangers. You remember that Al Oliver? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so Al Oliver, one of the most underrated players in the history of Major League Baseball, as per your truly isn't an all of fame. And I- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I think of them as a Hall of Famer. Most times, guys are in the Hall of Fame, and I go, 
yeah, I don't really see him as a Hall of Famer, but there's a guy who didn't get in who I absolutely believe deserved to be in. Uh, don't argue with you on that one. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. I see. Yeah, Bam is up next. Don't know that I've ever spoken to Bam before. Um, and we're going to kind of assess the Phillies at midseason. We are going to uh, also. We there is. Uh, we've been talking Sixers so much this offseason. There's a development that occurred late in our show yesterday that I know Jody's very bummed about. Basketball Paul leaves the Sixers, signs as a free agent with Utah. We're going to get into that. At 11, we're going to talk to Zach Berman uh, about the Eagles. And at noon, check in with Derek Bodner, who's in Las Vegas, covering the Sixers in the Summer League, leading right up to leading off. 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Macnow, Saturday morning on 94 WIP. Today's Mac Attack, sponsored by the good folks at Bet Parks. Bet Pro Golf on the Bet Park Sports Casino and Sportsbook app. Oh, by the way, the Open coming up across the pond in just a couple of weeks. Uh, the official sportsbook of the real Philly sports fan must be 21 in Pennsylvania and or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Jordan McDonald, Glenn Mack now. It is a Sunday, 94 WIP, last game before the All-Star break. Phillies at Miami, 140 start down there. We're going to have you right up until then. Let's go to Bam. You're on with Jody Mack and Glenn Mack now. Hey there. Hey, Glenn Mack, Jody Mack. What's going on? Just got off my uh, red-eye flight from California back to Philly. Hey, um, I heard the game. I'm sorry? Can you sleep on planes? All the time. All Keep the time. Doing. That's the best time. That's the best time to go to sleep. I, Jody, I do you feel. sleep on planes? Absolutely. I can't do it. I just, my, I can't you, get. You and my wife. My wife uh, just abhors getting on a plane because she just sits there and can't move <laughs> and can't go anywhere and can't do anything. Can't fall asleep. Uh, went to Ireland. Plane lifted off. I woke up 15 minutes before touchdown. Oh. Six and a half <laughs> hours, just dead to the world. Uh, that's great. No, I, I can't do it. We went to France recently. Bam, I'll, I'll certainly let you make all your points. But we went to all France right. recently, and uh, I just can't do it. But the good news is they got TV now. You get like 57 channels. So <laughs> I binged watched The Offer, that thing on uh, about The Godfather, which was actually pretty good. Anyway, Bam, that's not why you yeah. called. What's on your mind? No, much, man. Uh, I was at the airport right when I made the uh... – transfer to another flight i'm looking at the game why i was like i was pissed off why was it why was he you know sure was running and then he just stopped like halfway through the uh through the call i'm like what is he doing yep it just that was just, that that didn't make no sense yesterday they could have won they could have he could have he could have kept going and i believe they could have won yesterday too and we and it would have been nice if we could take a sweep down in florida this would have been but, amazing if, if they if they could have carried a 15 game Win yesterday, win today, 15-game win streak into the All-Star break. Yeah. And I was um, talking to my cousin that was living in California. I'm like, yeah, watch this. They're going to win the game when I get home from, when I get to Philly. They're going to win, and they're going to have a sweep, and they're going to take this road road uh, road game series, go 6-6 six and six in, this, in, in a road game. So, uh, Bam, bottom line, how are you feeling about this team as it heads for the break? Uh, as I feel, I, I believe I believe they can do it today and end it on a good note, on a high note, into going into the break, and then come out of the break, go go high notes again. I'm just ready. I'll be honest with Jody Van Clemmack. I'm ready for Red October, man. 
I'm, I'm ready for Red Octobers. Good attitude. There you, there you go, pal. Good. We'll catch up on some. Well, you got all the sleep on the plane. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, yeah you're not. Cannot <laughs> and I've been known to take an Ambien, you know, a sleeping pill when I get on the plane, and it's still it's like still doesn't help. Ah, uh, you know, I catch like twenty minutes here, and that's that's about it. Just give me that six inch recline of the seat, and I'm a goner. <laughs> that's all so, I need. Tip well, that seat back, thing. and I'm history. Okay, I'm five ten. You're taller than I am. You're what six feet six one? Yeah, six foot. Okay, so you're taller than I am. You got long legs too. Your your height's in your legs. Yeah, a little bit, yes. Yeah. How do you get comfortable, man? I you fly in even, first class there, are you? No. Uh, I don't even know that I'm comfortable. I can sleep in uncomfortable positions. Yeah, no. That's It's either a trait or it's something you're born with. I don't know. But if if I set my mind to it, yeah, I can pretty much go out anywhere. Yeah. No, I have enough difficulty sleeping in my bed, and I bought, like, the world's greatest bed. I just Sleep's always been tough for me. Uh, John in Maniunk's got some thoughts on the Sixers this morning. Hey there. Hey, Glenn. I uh, just wrote out the Conchahawken Brewing, but they weren't open, so couldn't get Well, they there. will be. Yeah, a little early, 1037. Yeah, that's why they're not open. Yeah, I guess not everyone has beer for breakfast, right? <laughs> not everyone. <laughs> go back Go back in about an hour and a half. They'll, they'll, they'll take good care of you. All right. Yeah, no, I was going to talk Sixers here. Uh, it looks like we might be stuck with Harden for the year. And I'm looking at Nick Nurse run a uh, like a clinic on how he runs his offense, and it's all about ball movement. And that's the exact opposite way of Harden and MB play. Do you think they could get into the system or what? I, I would say Nick Nurse, and I guess I put a heavy burden on coaches. Maybe I'm asking too much, but it's the highest level of their sport, that coaches should be able to adapt to find a combination of the way they think the game is best played and the talent they had, they have. I said this to Glenn yesterday. I said, let me get the Flyers in. Um, I, I didn't like the fact that they traded uh, Hayes, who I thought had certain skills that this team doesn't have and lacks and whatever, but he's not a perfect Tortorella player. All right, he's got to go. I think that's a recipe for disaster, mm-hmm. that you build your team solely to the way a coach wants to coach. I think a coach should be able to adapt what he likes to do, what he thinks is important, but also play to the skill of the players that he has on the roster. And if Harden's back, yeah, Nurse is going to be the guy who's going to have to find a way to adjust to make his offense work with Harden as a big part of it. Yeah, I think the way the year's going to end up is that uh, I think they're just going to have to let a run it back. Harden will be gone, and uh, and Harris's contract will be up, and then we get some free agent money. I got a quick thing on the Phillies there. They keep talking sure. about getting an outfielder. Uh, Jake Jack Cave or Jake Cave. He's hitting like three fifty five with fifteen homers down there in Lehigh. So yeah, I make yeah. a trade. You know, I don't know. I, uh, Jake Cave is to me one of those one of those great four A players who's you know marginal major league or good minor league or kind of guy. Uh, I have some names. We'll do it later, maybe if if you want to do it. Of some some guys who may be available at the trade deadline, who I'd like to see come. Ooh, to the I, can I give you one right away? Yeah, okay. He may be available at the trade deadline. I'd like to see him in a Philly uniform. You've probably heard of him. Uh, Otani is the way I believe it's pronounced. <laughs> I think he could help oh, yeah. the Phillies a little bit if they were able to acquire him. I'm just saying. And uh, and 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 who's left in the uh, prospects are left after that? 
No, uh, John Middleton's going to have to give his right arm if he I don't wants. think so he's got it. Uh, that, that plus all their best prospects. Hey, they'd have to put your guy Christian Pache in that deal. Uh, yes, Christian, good knowing you, big guy. Appreciate that, that home run Joey. against Florida. Enjoy Southern California, big guy. Pat in Roxborough's got some uh, Phillies thoughts. Hey, Pat. Hi, how are you? I hate to tell you, uh, Jody, but um, – when they signed Trey Turner, um, any chance of Otani went yeah, out the door. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, if you listen listen to the rest of that uh, second inning broadcast by the radio crew yesterday, the play-by-play guy tries to drop it, and Stocker keeps talking about it. And I go, what's he going to do? And in the end, this is what he said, paraphrasing. He says that what happens is Schwarber was hurt all year, has a bad knee. And sometimes coaches tell players not to run things out when they're not feeling well. I almost fell out. I almost got in a car accident. Um, so one of two things is true. Yeah. Either the play-by-play people are as bad as we think they are, or the um, this is true, and it's kind of unconscionable. What do you think? Well, I think the play-by-play people in this town are actually really good, so I, I don't agree with you on that. Well, why would he say that at all? Well, I, I didn't hear it, so but here's what here's what I would here's what I would suggest. Um, there is a time when you go ninety percent, and there's a time when you go a hundred percent, and you see it all the time. And a guy hits a routine ground ball the second, and nobody's on base, and he's going to run to first, but he is not going to uh, try to set the world record for speed. And I can live with that. I can. And I can live with Rollins doing it time and place. On that play with men on base in a rally, when it's a ball hit like that, you got to bust it. I, I am not such a, a hard ass that I tell you every player on every play has to run as fast as he can because I don't believe that. And just to use the numbers, Glenn, throughout 190. Okay, I'm with you, Glenn. What percentage would you put Schwarber's effort at on that play? 40? 30. Yeah. yeah. That's unacceptable. I'm sorry. At any point, it should never be 30. Right. But if you want to say, take a step off, protect your knee, looks like it's going to be an out. Okay, fine. Go hard, but don't go all out. Yes. He didn't and even come close to hard. No, no. And so so we're talking degrees here, right? And and I, listen, I, I, I disagree with the caller in terms of he thinks the broadcasters in this town aren't good because I think they're pretty good. And. And listen, Murph's the fill-in guy, so Murph doesn't do it every day. He's not Scott Fransky. Uh, but I think I think Murph's really good uh, at a lot of things for the Phillies. But it, on his larger point of it makes him sick to think that they don't run as fast as they can every time or that the manager or the trainers tell them, listen, you got a nagging injury, just don't don't kill yourself. That's a reality. I mean, fans may not like it, but it is a reality of the game, and it's always been a reality of the game. But as you say, Jody, if if he just hits the ball and runs to first, he's going to be safe. He hit the ball. He took two steps out, slowed down, saw that the pitcher was going to miss it, started to speed up, slowed down again, and then got, got was out or safe. I don't care what the replay showed on a play where he could have been safe by 10 feet. In an era where we have load management, Glenn, should we really be surprised that players try and conserve themselves in the midst of a game 
it's what sports has become. And, yeah, if you're old school, and I think you and I are both more old school than not, but I think we both understand the game has changed and we have to uh, factor that into the way we look at it and accept it. Yeah, this stuff's going to happen in pro sports in 2023. Yeah, I don't know if Babe Ruth busted it down the line in every play. Every single play, right, exactly. I have the feeling it's it's kind of the history of the world. 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now coming up at 11 o'clock. We're talking a little football with Zach Berman. We haven't had any, uh, Jody and I, any Eagles conversation this weekend. Let's Training camp is coming up. Let's get that stoked a little bit. And your calls all day. Hey, bring on the summer heat with huge savings when you replace your old inefficient windows and doors with the great people at Guida Door and Window. Right now, Guida is offering the best discounts of the year with their big 40% off summer sales event on all expertly installed windows and doors. Have drafty windows you've been meaning to replace? Well, receive 40% off each window you buy. That's right, 40% off all high-performance, energy-efficient, triple-pane windows. If you need new doors, well, Guida's got you covered there as well. 40% off all high-quality entry doors, patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. Plus, you can start your project with no money out of pocket. You can pay it off interest-free for up to 12 full months. Don't let these incredible savings pass you by. Go Guida right now so that you can take advantage of these limited-time savings. All prior sales excluded. Offer expires July 31st, so call Guida today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A dot. Here comes B-Ball Paul. Playing with five fouls. Got to be careful. Oh, my. Fourth Moss hasn't played much yet in the month of April. Paul got a nice run yesterday. Good nice move good. by Paul Reed. Well, that's our pal Kate Scott. Along with a little uh, percussion by Allah Abdelnabi last year. Uh, talking about the heroics of Paul Reed, a.k.a. B-Ball Paul, who signed yesterday a three-year, $24 million contract offer sheet with the Utah Jazz. Jody, the Sixers have until 11.59 p.m. tonight to match the sheet and retain Paul Reed. Tick, tick, tick. I personally think it's probably pretty unlikely when we brought it up yesterday, it happened right near the end of our show. You were pretty emphatic that you really want to see them do this thing. Yes. Um, I think the word I used was livid. I would be livid. More than just perturbed, I would be livid if they let Bebo Paul get out the door. But it might already be a fait accompli with the fact that they signed Mo Bamba, who's a, more of an, a true five than either Bebo Paul or the other uh, guy that they brought back who I'm – not a big fan of Montrez Harrell has been a really nice NBA player in his career you knew it was going to be diminishing returns he's getting older and it diminished more as far as the return goes than I thought it was diminishing right in front of our eyes yes (laughs) and I was kind of surprised that they brought him back I know it's a one-year veteran minimum but still you only got so many center roster spots on your team and the numbers are starting to add up against B-Ball Paul. Now, I feel a lot of calls, McMahon, about, you know, he could play with Embiid. He could play the four with Embiid playing the five. Not really. Um, B-Ball Paul's game is more suited to what a center is, even though he's not 7-1. He's a perfect, for me, off the bench, filling in for Embiid. The couple of minutes that the big guy's going to be off the floor and or the varying games he's going to miss during the year gives you a chance to do something a little bit different. 
I just think he's a really nice fit for this team. I think he'll even be better suited in the Nick Nurse system than he was in the Doc Rivers. I just think they already kind of casted their lot and didn't know that this kind of deal was going to be out there for B-Ball Paul, and now they're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. If you're asking me, the uh, GM slash Daryl Morey consultant, I'm bringing him back anyway. But the roster says doubtful, and the tax implications on the salary cap says doubtful, and I fear that we've seen the last of B-Ball Paul in a sexer uniform. Well, does it make sense that when they signed Bauman and brought back Harold, they kind of had a, a, a good inkling that, that B-Ball Paul was going to get that kind of offer, right? I, you'd have Wouldn't to that seem like you anticipate you're going to lose the guy, so it's like, you know, let's grab up somebody else? I don't know. I'm guessing there, but here's right. the thing. And I don't know either. We'll yeah. get Derek Bodner up here shortly, and uh, he'll give us uh, as educated, if not more educated, opinion. I don't know which is the bigger hurdle that they have to get over in their own roster-creating mind, the fact that they've already got three centers inked or the fact that this would push them up in tax implications against the salary cap and the like. I hope it's the first, not the second. Yeah. That, that they're doing it because they made some roster decisions, which I'll disagree with, uh, rather than, yeah, Joshua Harris doesn't want to pay the extra that you're going to have to if you get onto the first apron. Well, Danny Ainge, uh, who did such a good job of sticking to the Sixers when he was with Boston, is now that he's the head of basketball operations in Utah, seems to be doing the same thing. Um, so I'm going to read this part. The structure of the deal uh, makes it clear that it was designed to make it impossible for the Sixers to match. He's got a three-year deal worth $23 million. However, the final two years of the contract are only guaranteed if the team reaches the second round of the playoffs next season. Now, Utah's not going to reach the second round of the playoffs next season. They know that. They're rebuilding. The Sixers, and I love the way they put it, it's not like if they advance past that, it's the second round. That's what the Sixers do every year. The Sixers would have to guarantee three years. That would seem to me to be something that they'd be a little bit reluctant. It's also got a no trade in the first season, which you, know, you said to me earlier, that's that's not so much. But I think overall, given the the money that's in it, the luxury tax penalty that they would have to pay, that would be $29 million just between the first-year salary and the luxury tax penalty. It would be the no trade clause for next year. Maybe that's not the biggest deal. Although, you know, maybe they could flip him at the deadline if otherwise, if they needed help somewhere else. But it's also the deal becomes guaranteed for three years if if the if you make the second round of the playoffs. If you're the Sixers, and again, we all like Paul Reed, B ball Paul, you up to guarantee in three years? You I up to you prefer to guarantee three years or not? Uh, here's why I said I think the trade, uh, the, the no trade clause in the first uh, year isn't that big a deal. I think after this first year, B-Ball Paul becomes a very tradable player. It, it limits what you can do this year. Or I should say it potentially limits what you could do this year because it's not he can't be traded. It's he has to give his permission. And if B-Ball Paul isn't a fit for the Nick Nurse system and he's not happy with his playing time, he might desire a trade. And a chance to go elsewhere might be exactly what he's looking for. So it doesn't firmly deny the fact that he can be traded. They're just going to need to get his permission if that's the case. 
no, I, I think that's down the road of the impediments as to why you would bring B-Ball Paul back is that uh, one-year no-trade clause. All right, so you, uh, your official word is livid. Yes, we will. I'll be we will. If he's not back here, we will know in thirteen minute, thirteen hours and five minutes whether Jody McDonald is livid. Uh, however, what's your level of optimism that they will match it? Yeah, certainly under fifty, maybe as low as twenty. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yay or nay, it's a nay. I don't think they're going to do it, and yeah. I will decry their decision to do just that. Doesn't mean I have to agree with it just because they're doing it. It's not the way I would have played it, but they have taken certain steps so far that makes it less likely that they're bringing B-Ball Paul back, and I think it's a mistake. Yep. Good good move by Danny Ainge in Utah. Let's get Rob and Delco. Hey there. Good morning, Rob. Hey, guys. How you doing? All right. Good. Listen, I kind of disagree a little bit. I, I had a, um, a point I want to make with the Phillies game, how I want Noah to send a message today, a little old-school baseball, but um, – I disagree a little bit, Glenn. You're like, Ainge stuck it to us. What did Ainge ever win in Boston? They never won a championship. I know we never got out of the second round, but they never really did anything either. You know what I mean? I know. No, but I think he outsmarted him on the draft when the Sixers got stuck with uh, – uh, what the hell's his name? Uh, Fultz? Yeah. Nick, uh, yeah. F- Nick, yeah. Nick, yeah not Nick Foles, but Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, you know, they really didn't win anything either. But um, I, I know, but that doesn't mean you don't outsmart the Sixers. And I just kind of disagree with Jody a little bit on that ball read. Like, I like him, but there's no way for energy. Like, the guy doesn't do anything exceptionally well. He just hustles, works hard. I think they can draft younger guys and kind of develop them to do that. And I don't. I just don't want another bad contract. We already got Harden back right, for a year, possibly. Please, please tell me, one. and I know I you're saying one. they could draft as in going forward. They didn't have that player this offseason. I can guarantee you that. Well, what, what player is a big that's going to bring you energy that's on the Sixers roster right now? Montrez yeah, Harrell? Really? Yeah, but, You're going to go Montrez Harrell on me? Yeah, but Jody, wouldn't they probably give him a million dollars or so compared to eight million a year? You know what I mean? I think it's, the minimum is three. Yeah, it's still, it's still a lot. Less. I, I I like him, but not for that price, Glenn. I would I would say, see, we already got enough A contracts with Harden coming back, so I, I don't right. want to compound okay. and make it worse. That what's your Phillies? Uh, what's your Aaron Nola? Here's Message. my old school baseball. Okay, you might disagree with the amount, with the comparison, but how with the Flyers when they had Lindros, the first time he had his head down, somebody drilled him. They should have beat the piss out of the next guy. And said, "You're not going to do that to our superstar." Just like with um, Bryce Harper, the fr- he's getting punked too much. Yeah, I want Noah to come out in the first inning, not hurt anybody, not throw anybody's head, hit somebody in the side, in the in the backside, and say, "Listen." Who's Florida's best player? That Arizzi, Arezzi, that 400 hitter guy that's flirting with it. Arise, hit yeah. him, drill him, and send a message like we're not going to tolerate it. Harper's getting hit too much. I want to see a little old school baseball brought back. Uh, Jody, it. you are as old school baseball as anybody I know. What do you think, Jody? The rise it, goes it, down. It, it abs. It comes down to one thing and one thing only. Do you believe the Marlin pitcher yesterday was trying to hit Bryce? I don't care though. Like I well, want then, the then you're the wrong. League. Then, the then the I league. blatantly disagree with you. Not just disagree with you. Blatantly disagree with you. It's if you're going to sure. instruct Aaron Nola to purposefully hit a player on the other team, you have to believe that the day yeah. before your player was purposefully hit. Yeah, how do you if know the guy that, just Jody? lost the pitch and didn't, didn't control well, well, you don't know either. Well, that's my point. You got to send a message. You don't know that for sure. So anytime a Philly uh, Philly guy is hit, yeah. the the I, immediate response thereafter next inning should be drill the first guy that comes up. I said he's getting hit too much over the years. You got to send a message. He's getting hit too much. I didn't say yeah. every time somebody gets hit. All right, I Rob. Get hit. All right, 
guys. Have a Thanks, good one. buddy. Yeah, he also stands like an inch off the plate, has the the, the big protector and so on. Leans I mean, in. He's, he's, that's what part of what makes Harper great is that he can get to the outside pitch on the outside corner right. because he's on top of the plate and he leans in and he's got quick hands, and that's what makes Bryce Harper Bryce Harper. But, yeah, there's a downside. Guy makes a good pitch on the inside part of the plate, and Harper doesn't have the quick reaction. Maybe he's guessing wrong. It's a fastball when he's guessing off speed. Yeah, he's going to get hit. He yeah, wasn't trying usually, to hurt Bryce Harper yesterday. No, you can usually tell when a pitcher's going after somebody. Yes. Or, and I, I had at, at no moment that I believe that was going on. Nope. On the other hand, it would make today's game interesting. So. Yeah. Uh, does does plunking arise give you a better chance or a lesser chance to win the game? No, because he's going to steal second, score on a single, and then you're down. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not going that. there. I no. want to win today's game. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It was a fun call. Enjoyed enjoyed the perspective. Uh, Zach Berman is going to join us next. We're going to talk some football with uh, the terrific Eagles guy from the Athletic, and take your calls. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack, now on ninety four WIP. Philadelphia baseball, PGA Tour, MMA, pro soccer, tennis, and more. All available. Join me right now. Download the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. It's the only sportsbook app that I recommend and play with. Plus, the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app follows you everywhere. Down the shore, up to the mountains, get in on action all summer long, whether you're on a beach, a boat, the boardwalk, or maybe you're up on a lake in the Poconos. Bet Parks has you covered. It's all right in the palm of your hand. Odds, bets, slots, games, and so much more. Check out their offerings. Live in-game betting. Make a bet before the game starts. Double down on it while the game's being played. They give you same-game parlays, teasers, and many, many more options. Hey, how about the player props? You can bet more than just the score. If we're talking baseball, hits, home runs, strikeouts, I wouldn't take Bryce Harper to hit a home run today. We'll find out soon if he's in the lineup or not. All new users, if you've never played with Parks before, bet $10, get $125 in the sportsbook bonus. That's a pretty good startup possibility for you if your first bet wins. If you're looking for more action with your action this summer, get it with the Bet Park Sportsbook app. Incredibly talented quarterback. Gonna run it here and going backwards that time because Nicobe Dean made a great tackle. It's Chestnut. Kobe Dean getting some reps. To- Kobe Dean was getting reps that day. That was uh, the Titans game, I believe. Anyway, mm-hmm. a rare a rare opportunity for him last year, the Eagles rookie. Let's check in with our pal Zach Berman. Zach covers the Eagles for The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at ZBerm. He also hosts Birds with Friends. Uh, and I'm asking everybody this week, are you also going to do that Threads thing, Zach? Are you on there? I am, yes. Anyway, I, I, I can reach the audience from. Yep. I'm going to try to find a way to do it. Sounds good to me. All right, so let's start with what I just played, which was N'Kobe Dean having a moment last year. It seems to me coming into this year with all the changes on the Eagles defense, two guys who really are going to have to step up are N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis. You can take them in uh, any order you prefer. But what should we anticipate from those two second-year players Georgia players, let us say. Yeah, I, I think there's more of a burden on N'Kobe Dean. And I, I, I say that because they're they're particularly bare at linebacker. If if Dean is not productive, then there's there's not many other places they can turn there. They're expecting him to be an every down linebacker for them. I 
I don't want to say by default because there is design attached to it, right? They've been planning for Dean to take over at that spot. But the Eagles were – they had more production than they're frankly used to last year from T.J. Edwards and and from Kaiser White. And for for Dean to step in there, they they need him to be value-added. As for Jordan Davis – the Eagles need him to be a good player because they invested a high pick in him, and, and he's, he just has rare tools. But they are so deep at defensive tackle now. Davis' skill set in, in particular as, a, you know, as, as kind of that, that nose tackle type, someone who can be really tough against the run and has pass rushing upside, you can't find other players like that on the roster but they are loaded there with Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter, Milton Williams. So I don't think the pressure is on Jordan Davis as much to be that major difference maker. They they need Nicobe Dean to really step in and be a big player for them. Following up on the nose tackle aspect of Davis, last year when he went down with the injury, they reached out to the – yeah, maybe I shouldn't call it a scrap heap, but if you're not on a roster in October, yeah, you're pretty much on the scrap heap. And picked up two guys who had the capabilities of playing that type of position on the defensive interior. Do they have anyone else that they would consider the backup to Davis? If they're going to use a specific alignment with a nose tackle, Davis is out, hurt, not playing well, whatever. Do they have anybody on this roster right now that you think they've got confidence in that could be his backup? Well, Marlon Tuli Pelotu was kind of the backup nose tackle last year for a bit. He's a he's a much different player size wise than Jordan Davis, but he he has played that role for them. Uh, Noah Ellis didn't play last year for the Eagles, but he's someone who, from a sheer size perspective, you're looking at you know six four, three hundred forty six pounds. But these guys are not a of of Jordan Davis's talent, nor of Linval Joseph's talent either, and. That's 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 the real thing with Davis here is is that uh, because of how rare he is size wise and tools wise, there's 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 no one else like him and and he unlocks a lot of different variables in that defense. That said, if the only thing that or if if the thing that he's doing exceedingly well is as an early down run stuffer, that's that's the type of talent you can replicate elsewhere. The Eagles got it off the street last year in Linval Joseph. They need Jordan Davis to be more than just the prototypical nose tackle. We're talking to Zach Berman uh, of The Athletic, and you, we talked about the linebackers a little bit. And, yeah, T.J. Edwards is gone. Kaiser White is gone. Both were pretty solid last year. It's, it's a position that they've never prioritized, but you do put guys out there, at least two of them, and they've got to be able to play. N'Kobe Dean, Nicholas Morrow, I don't really know much about him. Um, this is also the time of year heading into training camp where sometimes you find free agents. Um, and maybe not just that position, but is there anybody uh, out there on the market either unsigned or for trade that you could see coming to the Eagles and helping? From a, a signing perspective, I don't think they'll make any big splashes before camp. I do think that and Howie Roseman has has shown this. I think he'll he'll look around during the summer and he'll be opportunistic there, in particular at linebacker and potentially at safety. They did that last year, of course, with Gardner Johnson on cutdown day, and they they'll they'll take the summer to see what they have. Morrow is a veteran who who has experience at 
you know, he, he started elsewhere in the league. Christian Ellis is someone who they'll want to see more of. But they, they don't really have that, that definite second starter who you're pointing to and you're saying we're good there, even though Morrow has, has starting experience. If a linebacker comes up during camp and they're concerned there, there's linebackers on the street. As, as far as safety, if someone like Jeremy Chin becomes available, and I'm not saying that's, that's going to happen, but he's in the last year of his deal in Carolina. Carolina has you know, added players to that position there. It's a new coaching staff, new defensive coordinator. If Jeremy Chin were to somehow become available, to me, that's like the Gardner-Johnson trade last year. That's, that's finding a pending free agent in a contract year who's kind of fallen out of favor at his previous stop and could really be a difference maker on your defense. So that's the name I would pay attention to if he were to become available. Wanted to add this to the mix. Um, I had Vinny Serrato on my uh, Birds 365 show this week, former general manager the, at the time, Redskins, now uh, doing sports talk in Baltimore, and he's become tight with the uh, Ravens organization. The guy I've been stumping for all year has been Patrick Queen. If the Eagles could add him, uh, usually I get shot down on saying it's going to take a day-two draft pick. Howie Roseman won't give up a day-two draft pick for a linebacker, but I really like the kid, and I think he and Dean could be an upgrade at linebacker of what the Eagles had last year. Vinny told me this week that Baltimore's not trading him, that uh, the whole reading too much into they didn't pick up the fifth-year option not happening. He's going to be their starting linebacker. So I'm going to have to back off. The Eagles have to get their hands on Patrick Queen thing because I don't think he's going to be available. Um, well, no, if, if I can interject, I'm, sure. I'm more on your side on, on that one. No one's available until they are available, right? True. Um, so, you know, I've, 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 I've learned in I'm, – I'm going into my, my, my 12th year covering the Eagles. They, they, they never say someone's available, but when they draft over you and they don't pick up your fifth-year option – you're available for the right price. So I think that's definitely a, a name to watch. The right price might not be one that Howie Roseman's willing to pay, though, because they just don't sure. allocate those kind of resources to the linebacker position, even though Zach Berman and Jody McDonald might think it's a good idea. Uh, let me ask you this linebacker question, Zach. If they go small, and they're kind of smallish to begin with, but uh, if they're going to go dime defense, uh, extra safety on the field rather than that second linebacker, Who's that extra safety going to be? If they're playing three safeties at any time this year, who are the three safeties who are going to be on the field for the Eagles if they've only got one backer out there? Terrell Edmonds, Reed Blankenship, and Sidney Brown. Um, those are the top three. I think that's I, – I can't see Kayvon Wallace pushing into the top three there. They're really bullish on Sidney Brown. And you saw what, what Reed Blankenship did last year. And I think I think Terrell Edmonds is, is not someone fashioned Leap on. I mean, he's been a just a really solid player for the Steelers for five seasons, and he's he's not the the star first round pick safety that they that they might have expected when they drafted him. But I think Terrell Edmonds is a starter in this league, and that was a good signing by the Eagles. Hmm. Um, I know that there uh, there really hasn't been much uh, opportunity to see or even hear from the new defensive coordinator Sean Desai. Um, OTAs, would you get to go to one, two, whatever? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Any any idea, though, how he's going to run the defense? Um, and I'm hoping that your answer involves the phrase more creativity than his predecessor. Well, I think it's going to be different. And in terms of creativity, I, 
I think you you might see more before the snap in terms of in, in terms of disguises, in terms of of giving different looks. Um, I'm in the camp that's saying his 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 predecessor is not as bad as the reputation indicates. I mean, they had 70 sacks last year. They were a top six defense in the league. Uh, now they had a lot of talent, but I I do think they are going to look different. There's 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 a reason why they went outside the building to make that hire, right? There were qualified internal candidates, but I I think they they wanted they they a they like the size ideas, not right, and then they 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 wanted a, a different spin on that unit. So I don't think this is going to look like Jim Johnson's defense, right? I don't think it's going to look like Jim Schwartz's defense. But I think it's it's going to have a different spin than what Gannon's was. It's going to look more similar to Gannon than it did Jim Johnson. But uh, you know, I I think Eagles fans are are at least going to be intrigued by what they see this year. Yeah, biggest thing he's got going for him is he's not Gannon. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, he plays that well. Uh, I got a two part question for you, Zach. Uh, part one easy, and then I'll explain kind of what I mean by part two. Um, do you and I agree that the Eagles on most game days this year will have three running backs activated, much like they did all last year? Oh, yes, absolutely. Three. Not two, not four, but three running backs. Oh, okay. Um, well, well, definitely not two. And maybe four if, you know, if they're looking at Boston Scott from a return perspective and then they – they want some other bodies out there. But I think three is, is, is the number I would point to. Most times, right. Yeah. How are they going to determine those three on any given week? Assuming health for everybody, which is a pretty big assumption for some of the guys that he's having their backfield right now because their history says they don't play full 17-game schedules. But assuming health, how, how will they determine who the three are between Gainwell, Scott, Penny, and Swift? Uh, yeah, so I think it's it's going to be a, a lot situationally, and and now that I'm saying this, I I would probably think that there's there would there would be more likely to have four active than three, because, um, for the reason like I said, Scott would take a, a a special teams role for them, but as as far as as the running back distribution, I think you'll see Penny on early downs, but it'll be ambitious to expect Rashad Penny to place you know uh, 17 games for you honestly and and they really didn't give him that much money either that there's there's like an ironclad guarantee in terms of a role deandre swift is definitely going to have a role and deandre swift in my opinion is the top back on this team and it could be poised for a really productive season i, I thought that was a smart trade by howie uh gainwell will be similar to what you saw last year but what you saw last year evolved throughout the year i mean he was their top running back in the postseason and they certainly like him on third downs and goal line situations but i i also think you'll see uh you'll see uh, or i i should say third down and hurry up situations but you'll see swift taking that that uh role as as well so the quick answer is you'll see a lot of deandre swift you'll see penny running the ball on early downs when he's healthy and you'll see gainwell mixed in and i think boston scott is a depth guy slash return guy for you uh, one more from me, Zach Berman, because we've spoken for more than 12 minutes and the name Jalen Hurts has not come <laughs> up yet. Uh, and, and he is the Alpha Omega, the sun, the moon, the stars, and everything for this franchise. What do you expect this year? Do you, uh, you expect more progress? you expect a different wrinkle, maybe run less? If you were to right now forecast the year he's going to have, 
you know, based on the amazing jump that he took last year, what do you foresee? It's it's a wonderful question because it's it's a huge part of what this team's ceiling is 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 if there is one. Can there be another gear on a player who was second in the MVP voting and played as well as anyone in the league last year, other than Patrick Mahomes, perhaps? Right. Uh, what am I expecting to see? I'm, I'm I'm expecting to see more of what you saw last year continue to evolve in the system. I think you'll see. I don't think you'll see less running. I think you'll see more selective running. Uh, but when you when Jalen Hurts is your quarterback, you sign up for the full Jalen Hurts experience, and that includes running the ball uh, because he, he they're awfully effective when he does so. Um, overall, what I, I, I think is so important, um, because and I'm guilty of this too, I keep framing the conversation as what's that next year, right? What's, what's the ceiling? And for me, a bigger question is what's that floor? He needs to be so consistent on a week-to-week basis that there aren't those clunkers, right? That 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 there are are not games where where you're saying, oh, what was that throw? Um, because the best quarterbacks in the league, what they have going for them too, is not the outstanding performance. It's the regular performance. It's the consistent performance. And I think that's that's what I'm, I'm most interested to see from Jalen. Is the baseline so high that every time he's on the field for you, you have a chance to win that game because of him? Um, that's an awfully good position to be in, and that's why you pay a quarterback $250 plus million. Zach, my only concern with Jalen Hurts coming into this season, and please tell me, Jody, stop it. You're just being a worry ward, is everybody's going to be grabbing for him. And I'm not talking about defensive ends. I'm talking about media outlets. I'm talking about the Eagles for appearance. I'm talking about uh, him and doing endorsements and taping commercials and everything else. He is such a meteoric rise guy in the NFL that everybody's going to want a piece of Jalen Hurts, and he's such a good guy, he's going to have a tough time saying no. Should I be worried about that, or does Jalen Hurts have such a great grasp on himself, his position, his brand, and everything else? Do you just say stop it, Jody? Yeah, I would say stop it. I wouldn't be the least bit <laughs> worried about that. First off, I think Jalen is quite adept at saying no. I mean, I, I okay. can tell you that for a fact. Number one, and then and then number two, uh, it, and this is the way I would always frame it with uh, with Jalen. Life existed for Jalen Hurts well before he got to Philadelphia. He was the starting quarterback on Alabama as a true freshman in the national championship game, right? Um, I mean, he was a Heisman Trophy candidate at, at Oklahoma. This, this, this guy's been the, – the spotlight has only been on him other than one year when he was Carson Wentz's backup quarterback, and then the spotlight quickly came on him too, right? Um, so I, I think the attention is not new. I, I think that's frankly regular for Jalen. If there's any concern – for Jalen Hurst this year, this is what I would say it is. They were remarkably healthy last year, and the positions where I, I, I think they are, uh, they they don't have the necessary depth, if you will, are wide receiver and left tackle and perhaps even tight end. And so what happens if A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith go, or Devontae Smith go down? What happens if Jordan Mailata goes down? I think those are positions where um, the, the next man up, uh, there's there's a pretty big delta between the starter. So that is the concern more, is, is that he, he benefited so much last year from such a talented group around him. And if they're not healthy, uh, how does that affect Jalen? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And by the way, since you're talking about backups, I don't know if you're a TV guy. I'm going to close by telling you uh, this Wednesday night on Netflix, 
drops a new series that uh, Netflix did with the NFL called Quarterback, cleverly yep. named, which follows three NFL quarterbacks from last year, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kirk Cousins of the Vikings, and Marcus Mariota when he was with Atlanta, which, spoiler, I don't think that ends well. <laughs> well, uh, well. first off, I'll, I'll say that my wife's going to be thrilled to know that my last week before training camp, I'm watching a documentary on Marcus Mariota, right? Um, but, um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I hear that. I'm fascinated to see it because that, that did not end well for, for Mariota, and I'm, I'm hoping that documentary answers some lingering questions that might be out there. Zach Berman, it is always a pleasure. You can uh, read Zach in, uh, on theathletic.com. You can follow him on Twitter at ZBerm, and you can listen to uh, Birds with Friends podcast. Um, we will talk to you during training camp. Thanks for taking the time. Enjoy your family today. My pleasure. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, oh, Zberm. Go. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, your when, biggest... we come, when we yeah, come back, Glenn, mm-hmm. I, uh, and I wanted to get as much in as possible with Zach, I didn't expound on my how the Eagles will use their running back theory that I told you about before oh, the yeah. show started. Okay. Let, let, let me get it out there and see what Eagle Nation thinks. And I will let you know what I think, which I already have one eyebrow raised. We'll see if both. <laughs> and we'll do a little uh, this week in Philadelphia sports history in the next segment and get back to the calls. We had some very good calls today, uh, mostly on the Phillies, some on uh, Sixers and kind of their odd off season and losing uh, Paul Reed yesterday. And now we throw the Eagles into the mix. So join us. 215-592-9494. He's Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Macnow on 94 WIP. Jody McDonald, Glenn Macnow, 94 WIP, 215-592-9494. If you want to join us and uh, good conversation with Zach Berman about the Eagles. And uh, you've got some running back theory here you want to share, Jody. I do. And uh, came up with it uh, during the week last week. And my partner on my Eagles show uh, said uh, he doesn't think it's got much of a chance of happening. I'm just putting it out there. And remember, if it happens during this season, where you heard it first. I'm going to use a phrase, Glenn, that makes me grimace, and I think you as well, that we used earlier in the show, load management. (laughs) That it has become a reality in sports today that guys are given days off when they're perfectly fine, perfectly healthy, but... You just don't want to work them too hard, so you've got to give them some downtime. And It's more of an NBA thing than anything else, but it can be used in any sport. Baseball guys get days off. I believe Glenn Macnow told me yesterday, I don't like the amount of days off that uh, Stott gets at second base. He's a 160-game guy to me. Well, Correct. They, they give him some load management and give him days off from time to time. It's the way of the world in sports these days. I think the Eagles could go there with their running backs this year. That they've got four running backs. They almost always draft only three on game day. Last year it was Trey Sermon every single week. I know you do the Eagle pregame show, so you get the active-inactive yeah. list. <laughs> Trey Sermon up there every single week. 90 yeah. minutes before kickoff, yes. Ike, who's not dressing today? Well, Trey Sermon. That would be Trey Sermon. Yeah. Um, it's not as cut and dry this year with the fact that they've got Scott and Gainwell, and they traded for Penny and Swift. Or sign Penny as a free agent. Somebody's got to go on a week-in, week-out basis. And it could be determined just by the matchup and the team that they're playing. Or it could be, with specifically Swift and Penny, guys who have never played full seasons, uh, Penny much worse than Swift. Swift missed two or three games every year. Penny misses half seasons at a time. You may see Penny have a good day. 
10 rushes, uh, 50 yards, 5 yards a carry, something he's capable of doing, and then not playing the next week. Why? Because he played three weeks in a row, and you don't want to risk putting him out there again for the fourth week. So he is the guy that sits. I think all four of those guys will sit from time to time, but I think it may be done on uh, who are we looking to protect type basis, which I would call load management for the Eagles running backs this year. Any chance the Eagles go down that road? It smells like a Howie Roseman thing to me, Glenn. I don't think I've ever seen that in the NFL. Right. Howie loves to be ahead of the curve. (laughs) He likes to zig when other people's are zagging, right? Yeah, he does, but it seems more likely to me. And by the way, all these guys are replacing Miles Sanders. I like Miles Sanders. I, I, I always thought he was um, a very good player for the Eagles. He had his faults, um, often things that came out of his brain, but I, I thought he was a really good player. So, they yes, they brought in kind of the committee to replace him. I don't think it's going to play out that way, Jody. I didn't. What did McMullen tell you? That you're out of your mind. You're crazy. He you said, lost. You're at sea. Yeah, that's not happening. I yeah, I'm not going to tell you quite. Right. You're that nuts. But I would tell you that I think what's more likely is okay. The way we're looking at the team we're playing this week, the matchups, the defense. Most likely, you're going to get 15 carries and you're going to get five, and then the next week you're going to get 12, and you're the other guy's going to get eight, and it, it, it's more. Not that a guy's going to dress, because the problem if you don't dress the guy is if your first guy gets hurt, then you know you're right. you're down. If somebody's man. hurt, then it goes out the window. And this is yeah, but if somebody's all... hurt in a game, it goes out the window, and it's, you only get too. seventeen of those. So I don't think they would risk it that way. I would say the chance of that happening is about zero point six percent. All right, a lot of the answers flat, that flat the percentage zero, answers but... that you get in immaculate grid would understood. Come into play. Um, uh, I just – it dawned on me the other day because we talk about load management as much as we do. Um, Popovich signed a new five-year $80 million contract. He's the guy who created load management yeah. on the NBA level. And, oh, by the way, Victor Wambanyama will be getting load management this year as a rookie, as a 19-year-old kid. Mm. He'll be getting it because Popovich believes in it. And forget this in-season. I know we got uh, Derek Bodner coming up. I want to get his thoughts on – this in-season NBA tournament, Popovich is going to give a guy load management in the middle of this tournament, and Adam, oh, yeah. Adam Silver is going to go nuts. Yes, he I, wants that, to... I agree with that. I'll agree with you there. Yeah, and, I, I... and don't be surprised if Howie Roseman, the creative thinker that he is, adopts it for the National Football League. MLB, they play 162 games. So yeah. when they said Bryson Stott, it's like, I don't like it, but, you know, he'll be back tomorrow. Uh, he'll play in the other ones. Uh, the NHL, well, they don't really do it in the NHL a little bit. You've seen it, but not a lot. Uh, NBA, they play 82 games, and they do a ton of travel. And, again, you don't like it. You particularly don't like it if you're the fan of a city. And it's like, hey, this is our only chance this year to see LeBron. Oh, he's not going to play. So that. that but NFL, 17 games, man. That's Okay. Okay. All right. Well, you are on the record. I'll, I'll, I'll admit I'm wrong at the end of the season if there isn't a game where you say, you know, Rashad Penny, I figured he was going to be the lead guy. And sure enough, they didn't even dress him this week, and he was healthy. Just remember when it happens where you heard it. I like the combo of guys they got, by the way. I think they're fine at running back. I, like you, was a Miles Sanders fan. He'd every once in a while miss a block or fumble the football. and the people or run out of bounds when it's time to kill the clock. Yeah. Exactly. 
and it would just annoy Eagle Nation. But he was a damn good producer these last couple of years for the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, okay, I want to do a little this week in Philadelphia sports history. We haven't done it in a while. I got just uh, one, two, three, four items to throw to you, Jody McDonald, all of which happened this week in history, and get your thoughts on each of them. First of all, uh, yesterday was the 90th uh, birthday of the Philadelphia Eagles, who were officially added to the NFL on July 8th, 1933. Were they the Eagles and then became the Steagles and then went yeah, they back were only to being the, Ste- the Eagles again? Yeah, no, they were the Eagles. Actually, I think they were born out of the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets, but they were the Eagles, and then they were the Steagles for either one or two seasons during World War II, right. when, um, which was the 1940, I think it was 43-44 or 42-43, when uh, there were so many men off fighting in the war that they didn't have enough guys to field as many teams as they had in the NFL back then, which was, I don't know, probably 10 or 12 teams. And so they combined a few of them, and the Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, combined for a year or two. But it is the the 90, which means that 10 years from now, man, it's good. the Eagles will be around for 100 years. Wow. Yeah. Hopefully you you're still doing the pregame show, and I can be <laughs> listening to you 10 years Spoiler alert. I will not be doing the pregame show in 10 years. All I right. Be, we'll see about that. I, I will be home listening to the pregame show saying, that guy – Better than me. Yeah. Uh, Since you went there, uh, all-time Eagle history, did you see the Ruben Frank tweet yesterday? I think I did. With Ellie De La Cruz from the Cincinnati uh, Reds? Who, by the way, I love that kid. That kid is like the most exciting thing in baseball. He is. He's not Mickey Mantle and Joey Votto went there, and I decried Joey Votto (laughs) for that, but he is a tremendous, young, exciting athlete. He stole first, second, and third base yesterday in the Reds game on three consecutive pitches. Yeah. It had not been done by a Cincinnati Red since, like, 1917 and was done by Curly Neal. Greasy. uh, Greasy Neal, excuse me, Curly Neal, ex-Globetrotter. I'm getting my Neals mixed up. Sorry about that. Greasy Neal, the ex-Eagles coach who won championships for the Philadelphia Eagles but was a Major League Baseball player for the Cincinnati Reds. It was the last time a Red stole first, second, and third all in the same inning. Very impressive. So what that tells you is that uh, when I do end up retiring from doing the pregame show and whoever is doing it down the road, this guy's got to become their coach. Who was it? Just Dela Cruz. Oh, there you go. Okay. You go. I, had, I wasn't following along. Outstanding. That's okay. It was suggestion. pretty obscure. Oh, it's not going to be in 10 years, Mac. He's still going to be the, no. the shortstop of the red in 10 years. Yeah, but in him. 2067, he could be the coach of the Philadelphia. By the way, they should find a way to get that guy to the All-Star game. Even He's not going to – I don't know. Actually, I want to bring that up later. So hold that thought. Mark gotcha. that note. Uh, okay, 80 years ago, again, we're going old school here. Uh, as of uh, two days ago, Robin Roberts, I heard Sonny uh, Hill talking about Robin Roberts today, accomplished a feat in which he threw his 28th consecutive complete game, which I believe is more than you will have in the major leagues this year. He had a no-hitter yesterday, by the way, which nobody notices because – the Tigers used, what, three pitchers, four three. pitchers? Yeah, three pitchers. Yeah. Yeah. Robin Roberts ain't going out for nobody. I understand it's ancient history. It's a different game. Nonetheless, 28 straight complete games. 
it's just unheard of. Uh, you and, and you and I have been around 60-plus uh, years following baseball, 50-plus years. Um, it has even changed since then. Uh, oh, yeah. That, uh, it was starting to t- – nobody did what Robert Roberts did, uh, but at least you still had guys completing a, a handful of double-digit games, not 28 in a row. Now it's one a week in Major League Baseball. You get a complete game. Yeah. So you might get – 20 for the entire season of all 30 teams, and right. Robin Roberts did 28 in a row, unheard of. Yep. Uh, the last two double digits, probably Halliday, right? Might be Verlander, too. Oh, maybe he, Verlander. He yeah. completes. Uh, he does it, he does it a lot of the once game. in a while. All right, here you go. Again, this stuff is ancient, but it's good stuff. Uh, 59 years ago, July 7, 1964, Jody. It is the Major League All-Star game. It's the ninth inning. The National League's got one last chance. Phillies' Johnny Callison comes to the plate. And John Callison, the left-hand batter against right-hander Dick Ratter. Swing, and there it goes. A long, high drive. Deep to right field. It is going, going. Home run for Callison. And the National League wins 7-4. John Callison hitting the first pitch from Dick Raditz, lines it into the stands in right field. And the final score, the National League 7, the American League 4. First of all, I just love how they used to announce it back in those days. It was pretty different. Yeah, straight and dry. Yeah. yeah. Not, not, John Callison comes up to bat. The Philly <laughs> left-handed. Anyway. All right. Love it. Uh, by the way, quick, uh, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Shea Stadium, I believe he did it at Shea I think Stadium it was. It was the year that it opened. The yeah. year that the Shea Stadium opened, so they gave the uh, expansion, third-year expansion Mets the game as the all-star game, and that's where Johnny Callison hit his game-winning home run. Uh, one more, and I go back to 1988 in this week. Mike Schmidt tied with Mickey Mantle on the all-time home run list. Schmidt, comes up to bat. On a more serious note, Mike Schmidt of the Phils passed Mickey Mantle on the all-time home run list for 537. Yeah, that's all I could find. <laughs> I couldn't find a play-by-play that, of it. I'm, so. thinking, I'm thinking Mel Allen there. It Was is Mel? Mel Allen. Well, it's This Week in Baseball. Yes. Love Twib. This Week in Baseball. Yeah. Yes. This Week in Baseball was fun. So he, he passed him then. And when he did, I think Mike Schmidt was eighth. Mike Schmidt is now 16th. Oof. Can you name anybody who has passed him? Or you want me to just run the names by you? Um, I'm sure I'd come up with a couple. Like Bond, since he's at the top of the list. You go yeah. right to the top, McGuire. I, I get a bunch, but go ahead and give them to everybody. Uh, here, Here's who has passed. When Mike Schmidt did it, I mean, that was rarefied territory. Still is, but yes, Bond's. Uh, passed him since since that point. Alex Rodriguez, uh, Albert Pujols, Ken Griffey Jr., Tomei, Jim Tomei, right. Sammy Sosa, who will not get into the Hall of Fame, Mark McGuire, uh, Rafi Palmero, who will not get into the Hall of Fame, and Manny Ramirez, and those are the, those are the other guys who have since passed Mike Schmidt. That's just wrong that Rafael Palmero is higher on that list than Mike Schmidt. It just yeah, is really, flat 569. Out yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, there you go. 
215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now coming up at noon. We will talk to Derek Bodner uh, and kind of get his take on what's going on with the Sixers. It hasn't been a great offseason for them, and we'll sneak in your calls. Jody and Glenn on 94 WIP. Hey, bring on the summer heat with huge savings when you replace your old inefficient windows and doors with the great people at Guida Door and Window. Right now, Guida is offering the best discounts of the year with their big 40% off summer sales event on all expertly installed windows and doors. You got drafty windows you've been meaning to replace? Well, you receive 40% off each new window you buy. That's right, 40% off all high-performance energy-efficient triple-pane windows. Maybe you're in need of a new door. Guida's got you covered. There, uh, It's 40% off all high-quality entry doors, patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. Plus, you can start your project with no money out of pocket. You can pay it off interest-free for up to 12 months. Don't let these incredible savings pass you by. Go Guida right now so you can take advantage of these great limited-time savings. All prior sales excluded. Offer expires July 31st, so call Guida today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A. Along with Jody McDonald, I'm Glenn Macnow. Sunday on 94 WIP. Phil's at the Miami Marlins. It's a 140 start today, last game before the All-Star break. Uh, Aranola gets the call for the Phillies and we talked a lot earlier about what could possibly be the lineup today. Miami's got a tough left-hander in there. Bryce Harper got hit on the elbow by a pitch yesterday. Kyle Schwarber loafed one to first base. Jody, the lineup is out. How is it impacted by all of this? We did not know if Harper would play, prognosticating, guessing. Uh, with one game to go into the first half, he'd probably be out of the lineup that assumption was correct. He is not DHing today. That would be Kyle Schwarber, who Mac earlier suggested maybe you just send Schwarber a message and tell him you're not playing today. Thompson might have done that if if Harper was available. Not the case. Yeah. So Schwarber leads off and DHs today. He will be in the lineup in his usual leadoff spot, but he'll be uh, DHing, which means you get Josh Harrison in left field. Batting seventh for the Phillies today. He gets uh, the uh, spot for Kyle Schwarber in left field. Not delighted with that. Uh, who's is is uh, who is Marsh? I, 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 yeah, I can run the whole lineup for you quickly if you want. Yeah, Schwarber. I mean we're going to get back to it, but I, I am curious because it is a left-hander pitching for Miami, and a good one is 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 Marshy playing? Is Stott playing? Who we got? Well, you got your boy Stott in the lineup. Schwarber, DH, leadoff, Turner, shortstop, second, Castellanos, right field, third. Wow, here's a switch. Batting cleanup for the Phillies. Their RBI leader playing first base, Alec Bohm. There you go. In the cleanup spot today for the Phillies. Good on Alec, good on uh, the manager. JT Realmuto bats number five. My screen just went dark on me. Here we go. Bryson Stott, second base, hit six. Josh Harrison in left field, seventh. Edmundo Sosa, third base, bats eighth. And Christian Pache. So, yes, Marsh does get the day off against a very tough lefty. Pache, who got the game-winning home run the night before and a big double that almost uh, hit the top of the wall, almost went out, uh, is once again starting batting ninth uh, for the Phils in center field. So uh, Schwarber leading off and Stott batting, I think you said fifth or sixth. Six. Two, six of the two lefties in the lineup. Other than that, it's, it's righties. Correct. Eh, okay. Well, we'll see. We'll get back to that in a little bit. So the All-Star game, as we said, is coming up on Tuesday. Um, and I think kind of like everybody, when you're young, 
baseball's all-star game is a lot of fun and i remember all those great moments and people in this town remember i don't know it was a great moment but it's a memorable moment when john crook uh, batting against randy johnson and <laughs> showing no interest in that whatsoever um my level in the all-star game has dropped a lot and again maybe that's just because i've seen so many but i think a big part of it is it used to be al versus nl and that that had intrigue once upon a time that and the fact that when you and i were kids you had your local team and the game of the week on saturday and that was it yeah that, that, that's the only baseball that you got to see on tv was whenever your local team was being broadcast and saturday afternoons the All-Star game was something special. It was a night game. It wasn't your team. It was national. It was the best of the best and potential Hall of Famers against each other, guys who didn't ever face each other in season unless they met in the World Series. Now with free agency and interleague play, it's just not what it used to be, Glenn, and it's never going to be the same. Would you find it any more interesting if it went to what the NBA and the NHL have done in recent years, which is you eliminate the National League versus American League format and you have captains pick teams? Or what I liked that hockey did for a little while was USA versus the world. International. Yeah. Because baseball, man, two pretty good teams if you went USA versus the world. Right, and uh, Otani would not be on uh, USA, yeah, which uh, yeah. would give, give them the best player this year. Um, I'd be willing to try it and see if it does jazz interest at all. Uh, I said this yesterday. I'll say it again four, five, six times between now and Tuesday night whenever I'm broadcasting. The best of a bad lot. The All-Star game is still the best All-Star game as compared to the NBA, the NHL, and the NFL, which doesn't even have an all- now has an All-Star competition. Um, so I- I'm not as down on it as you are, but I'm also open-minded. So uh, if you wanted to try and tinker with it for a year, I'd have no problems doing that. Another thing that I would I would like to see, uh, somebody in the, uh, the Athletic, when I was reading Zach's story, somebody wrote a story about the All-Star game. It was... Brittany Giroli and Eno Saris, they're the two writers of the story from whom I'm stealing this idea. Enos is their big uh, analytics guy. Okay. Um, you know how the NBA does kind of uh, freshman versus sophomores? Yeah. I'd watch that in baseball. I want to see Ellie De La Cruz. I want to see Matt McClain. I want to see Nolan Jones of uh, Colorado, who's an exciting young player. I want to. I would watch the first versus second year game as much as I'd watch the Stars. Just make it six innings. Right, and they quasi have that with the Futures game. Now, that's not guys in the major league yet, but the top prospects who you hope to see in the major leagues within a year or two, they did have that yesterday. And, oh, by the way, Nick Abel, a good inning. He started, only pitched one inning. No pitcher pitched more than one inning yesterday uh, because they had a bunch of pitchers. It was only a seven-inning game. Uh, So he, he went out there, struck out two in his inning, looked good, as a matter of fact. Good. Okay. Well, that would be another thing I would want to do. Uh, would you have interest in a skills competition? I've heard this before. Um, <laughs> in a word, no. And I could almost guarantee you some guy is going to throw out his arm trying to throw a rocket from right field to third base. Uh, not, not the way that people have problems with the home run derby because, ooh, it throws off their swing. 
and they can't. Uh, I remember that. Was it Abreu? Was he the guy in the Phillies who won it, and then he didn't hit a home run for a month? Exactly, and yeah. it was all because he changed his swing to hit home runs. Yeah, you, you, you don't want to see something like that, a player get hurt trying to make a play in a skills competition. Okay. Well, the, the, these are some of the ideas that have been out there. And, um, again, I'll, I'll watch it. By the way, one other thing I would do, I don't, and I know it's to sell merchandise. I liked it better when they wore their home jersey. Absolutely right. Give them a patch. We're a home jersey and we're a patch. That's what's fun. And the, the, I watched some of the uh, Futures game yesterday. The compromise was they had Futures, uh, American League, National League uniforms on. They at least let the kids wear their uh, team hat. So it okay. didn't really look great when you got like a orange jersey and a blue hat. It, uh, it, it some of it, the aesthetics of it weren't great, but they did let you rep your team at least with a hat. I hope that's yeah. the case with the All Star game on Tuesday. Well, we'll see. Anyway, that's coming up. All right, coming up for us is a visit with Derek Bonner, the terrific uh, local basketball sage. We'll get his thoughts on everything that's happening with the Sixers and the leagues. And uh, we will take your calls right up until and including when we do leading off. Jody and I are here until a couple minutes after 1 o'clock today. Eager to hear from you at 215-592-9494. Jody and Glenn on 94 WIP. Let me tell you about Philadelphia baseball, PGA Tour, MMA, pro soccer, tennis, and more. All going on right now. And you can get action on each and every single one of them. Join me and download the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app right now. The only sportsbook app that I use and recommend. Plus, the Bet Parks Casino Sportsbook app follows you wherever you go all summer long. Down the shore, up to the mountains. Get in on all the action all summer long. Whether you're on the beach, on a boat, on the boardwalk. Maybe you're up on a lake in the Poconos. Bet Parks has you covered. It's all right there in the palm of your hand. Bet slots, games, more. You ask for it. They got it for you. Check out their live in-game betting feature, which I love. If you make a good bet, you want to double down on it, you make a bad bet, you want to try and cover yourself, you can do so while the game's ongoing. They offer same-game parlays, teasers, and much, much more. Bet more than just the score. How about player props? If we're talking home run, if we're talking baseball because we're in the midst of the summer season, Hits, home runs, strikeouts, add to your excitement when you watch the game. All you new users, never played with Parks before, maybe you're going to grab a secondary app, app to play with. This would be a good reason to start. First bet, $10 if you're a winner, get $125 in a sportsbook bonus. That's a win-win situation. That's what you should be looking for. If you're looking for more action with your action, do so with the Bet Parks Sportsbook app. Bomba for three. Well, these Magic are shooting pretty darn well from beyond the arc. He's got a nice little arc on it with a soft touch. It drops. Shelby three for five from the floor. Bomba. This kid. Whoo, he is shooting the lights out tonight. Well, there you go. That was, uh, in case you forget, a game back in the 2021 season, 21-22 season when Mo Bamba Went off for 32 points, seven threes, and three blocks against the Sixers. Nice job by Kate Scott and Ala Abdelnabi. I bet you Derek Bodner remembers that game. Derek, of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Derek Bodner NBA. He hosts the uh, Sixers Daily Six podcast, and you can find him at Sixers Beat. There he is. Hey, Derek, how are you? Good morning. Doing well. Good. You are out in Las Vegas, correct? Yes. Yep. 
What's uh? What, what, what do we expect? I said good morning. I guess it's not morning anymore over there. <laughs> yeah, well, no, and I appreciate you coming. You know, I I imagine you were out, you know, till four a.m. Oh, enjoying it all. So we do appreciate you getting up on that short rest. What's uh? Before we get into all the specifics of what's happened and what may happen, what do you uh, look to see in Las Vegas over the? I don't know how long you're going to be there, but what what are you looking for out there? Uh, in terms of Players, like with the Sixers players, um, you know, I think Terquavion Smith is interesting. Uh, he has a lot of skills. Uh, he can, I think he can pass a little more than he showed in NC State. He's got a little move off the jumper. Um, his problem is he's six foot three and 163 pounds. That doesn't really work in the NBA. Uh, he's not really going to be able to correct that here, but I think he's skilled. And Ricky Council the fourth is just one of the best athletes in the draft, um, probably one of the best permanent defenders in the draft. Uh, has, I think, a little bit of stuff off the dribble, uh, can finish inside, and one of the worst jump shots I've probably oh. ever seen. And they're going to have to really build that or strip that down and build that back up. Um, it's going to be, I think, a multi-year process. But I think he has some skills. You know, he's a type where I think if anybody in the league believed in his jumper, he could have been a first-round pick. But I think nobody in the league believes in his jumper, so he went undrafted. But he does have a lot that he can do on the basketball court. So I think those two really stand out. Which of the two, uh, the guy you just mentioned, and Jaden Springer, there are some similarities to their game. Both outstanding perimeter defenders and phenomenal athletes, but the inability to make an open jump shot is a question mark. Springer actually made a couple last night. Uh, he's two years along in his NBA career. How do you comp those two players? If, if I tell you one of the two of these is going to start for the 76ers one day, which one would you say is more likely? I think Ricky Council has more natural scoring ability. Like, I actually think he's a pretty decent scorer, like I said, off the dribble. He has a pretty good first step. He has a decent enough um, handle. Uh, he can has pretty good body control and touch around the rim. It's really just can he ever shoot at an NBA level. Whereas Springer, I don't think necessarily is a natural scorer. He hasn't changed direction all that great with the ball in his hands. Um, his reads aren't as strong as Council's are, but I think his shot is further along. I have so little confidence in Ricky Council's shot that I would probably say Springer is forced to choose between them. But they do have similar strengths, but what's holding them back is different, and it's really just which one can overcome that. If Ricky Council can overcome his shooting, I think he has more overall natural skill and ability. Uh, I just think it's probably less likely than Springer because all, all you really need Springer to do is get that corner three, that catch-and-shoot three, um, to be on an NBA court, and that seems like an easier ask. All right, Derek, the Sixers are now 11 hours and 52 minutes away from the deadline uh, under which they have to match or not the contract that Utah offered Paul Reed. Um, can they, will they do anything to retain B-ball Paul, or is that ship sailed? Yeah, well, they certainly can. Um, you know, I think this is a really interesting contract that Utah offered them because it is the first year is guaranteed. And then the years two and three become guaranteed. If the team that <clears throat> Paul Reed is on makes makes the second round of the playoffs this upcoming season, and for Utah, even though they had a pretty uh, much stronger year last year than most people expected, I think it, you wouldn't expect them to advance to the second round of the playoffs. Whereas the Sixers, if uh, even if you know they don't really do much in terms of a hardened trade and beat entire smacks, they're probably enough to carry them to the second round of the playoffs. That right, winning the first round has never really been their problem. So I think that the contract becomes a little more – it basically becomes a two or, th or a three-year guaranteed contract for the Sixers, but probably only a one-year guarantee for the Jazz. It's a riskier contract for the Sixers in that regard. I think the Sixers right now, if – you know, with so much uncertainty with uh, James Harden, with, uh, you know, 
Daryl Morey going to be star hunting, they have prioritized keeping as much of their cap space for next season as possible as a way to possibly you know, replace James Harden long-term if they need to do so. You know, they've not uh, offered Tyrese Max a contract extension because they want to keep his $13 million cap hold um, on the books for next, next summer uh, so they can maintain cap space. They haven't signed anyone beyond a one-year deal. And I have a feeling, um, and I certainly don't want to present this as like anything sourced or anything like that, but I have a feeling they'll probably let him go because I think they want to maximize their cap space next summer and with the way Utah structured that contract, uh, that could possibly get in the way of that. But if uh, it's a no-trade clause, right? If they match and B-Ball pulls back and he and Nick Nurse don't see eye-to-eye, and I thought Doc Rivers misused B-Ball Paul the entire time they were together here in Philadelphia, it isn't like B-Ball Paul is going to say, oh, I'm not going anywhere, I'm not going to leave Philadelphia. He'd probably, I'm asking you to speculate here, DB, he'd probably be open-minded to a potential trade, would he not? Yeah, well, it's not a no trade. Uh, it's a he, he would have veto power, and it's not like a clause that's built into the contract. It's automatic whenever you uh, match the rights on a restricted free agent. So if they match that contract, he does end up getting veto power on a trade for one year. Uh, I do agree with you that if he's not playing, he'd probably approve that trade. It's not that he can't be traded; it's just that he would have veto power of that. So there is certainly a possibility where he could become disgruntled. They would run clear the, the that money off of the books next year at the deadline. They could probably find someone to do that. It's just not a guarantee, uh, and I think Daryl Morey is, like I said, I think he really wants to keep that cap space in his back pocket in case he needs it, in case things with Harden go sideways, in case he can't get Dame Lillard, yada, yada, yada. I think he views that as maybe the last Hail Mary he would have left to try to get a star, uh, and I also think he probably just doesn't value backup center all that much, especially a backup center who, at least I believe, can't really play alongside Joel Embiid all that well, uh, who would only really be playing eight to ten minutes per game in the playoffs. I think he probably doesn't want to invest all that many resources in that spot anyway. So I think he's up against a lot there. You mentioned Dame Lillard kind of in passing there, and that's uh, you know been all the talk uh, over the last week, the speculation now that he has uh, announced that he wants to get out of Portland. It seems to me kind of slimmer than slim that they could get him. Um, and, and I've read you, you've kind of downplayed it a bit. Um, I have no clue how they would do it, and part of that being if you're Daryl Morey, do you do you pursue a trade even as his agents letting him know that or letting it be known that he only wants to go to Miami? How could that play yeah. out for Daryl Morey? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, for the most part, I think everything that everyone says at this point is nonsense. You know, if Daryl Morey comes out and says Tyrese Max is untouchable, I, I don't believe it. If Dame Lillard says I'll only go to Miami. I'm not sure I really believe that either. I think everyone's trying to play the leverage that they have. And for a player with Dame, who has four years left on his contract, playing the I'm, I won't be happy to be traded anywhere but Miami is really the only car that he has to try to get to where he wants to be. But if he ends up being traded to a contender uh, in a spot where he thinks he can do well, is he really going to hold out and risk his money and, and risk, frankly, just playing basketball? You know, I think when you look at these situations, you have to kind of look at the competitor that's making those threats you know last year we saw something sort of similar um with kevin durant now kevin durant only had one year left on his contract but he made that threat they couldn't find a real happy trade uh in the summer he came back and he played and he realized that that was his best chance to get where he wanted to and also he just wanted to be on the basketball court make that you know sort of play with ben simmons and he'll go home and sit and and wait until things shake out i think dame lillard i would have a real hard time thinking that he would sit out and not play basketball um, when he's on a team that has a chance to compete 
at least certainly for a deep playoff run, possibly for a title. And I think Embiid and Lillard would be good enough or it would be real easy to build that team. Uh, you know, so I think what Daryl Morey has to do right now is try to figure out whether or not Miami – basically what Dame is really saying is that Miami would be my top choice and where I want to go or whether it really is Miami would be the only place that I would go. Um, and I would be willing to call that bluff, I think. I think Dame is good enough with enough years left on the contract and a good enough leader um, that I would call that bluff. Now, whether or not you know Portland would want what the Sixers have to offer, it would probably end up having to be a three- or four-team deal to loop in James Harden and try to get a few more draft assets. But I do think it's probably a better chance than Slim, just because I think it's pretty clear that Portland doesn't want what, want what Miami has to offer. Otherwise, this trade would already be done. Uh, and I think they will look to try to do what is best for the organization within reason. Uh, and I think the Sixers and the chance to compete would be within reason. So I think it's a low percent, but I'm not dismissing it completely. Your read on Dame Lillard is the exact same as mine. It's not 0% here to Philadelphia. It's minimal, but it's not uh, zero. And, yeah, if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm at least looking into it, pursuing it, seeing how the chips fall, and keeping an open mind on it. Then we have what the Sixers already have. Uh, Part of your line of logic, my line of logic is, Dame Lillard's a competitor. He's a professional. If he gets dealt somewhere, he's going to go. He's going to play hard. He's going to try and win a championship with the new team he joins. Then we have James Harden, who has already shown the ability when he's not happy to make things difficult for those around him in Houston, in Brooklyn. If the Clippers just hold the line and refuse to offer the Sixers what they feel they need to get in exchange for James Harden, is he going to come back and go hard for the Sixers this year? In season? Start the season? How is that going to play out if uh, James Harden is not dealt before training camp opens? Well, I'm not sure I'd say that James Harden plays hard even when he's happy. So I'm certainly <laughs> not going to say he's going to play hard when he's disgruntled. Um, I've sort of gone back and forth on this. Originally, my read was a lot like yours, where it's like, no way, you can't bring him back, get him out. He'll, he'll show up and just be a complete distraction, um, completely out of shape, and play completely disinterested the spirit of basketball. If there's one thing that would bring me back, I'm not saying it has brought me back, but it's something I've thought about. He has to, at this point, realize that if he comes in here and either holds out or loafs it all season, he is not in a spot in his basketball career where teams are just going to line up next offseason and give him money. I think this, this summer has to have humbled him at least a little bit, or at least made him cognizant of where he is uh, or how he's valued across the league, that he has to come back and he has to have a good season if he wants to get the contract that he has. You know, he is locked into that one-year $35.6 million contract. He cannot be extended. He cannot be renegotiated. That's his contract this year. He's right now playing entirely for that next contract. And it's just he's not 27. He can't have a down year. He can't loaf it. He can't be a distraction. He can't be a problem and end up getting the contract that he wants. So if, even if it's not for competitive reasons, even if it's for purely financial reasons, I think there's maybe a chance he can come back and actually be a decent version of himself just because he has to, just because he's backed into the corner. That being said, this is a guy who has made an incredible amount of money. He's made a lot of bad decisions recently with maximizing his contracts. Um, I'm not sure he's a predictable decision maker in that regard. But there's a lot of financial incentive for him to come back and at least not be a bad version of himself. If I'm Daryl Morey, that's maybe the one thing that would be drawing me back to maybe there's a chance you can actually bring this guy back. I actually think that's the most likely uh, outcome, I mean, for now. Things can change, but what we've learned from Daryl Morey is if he can't get what he thinks is value, he's not going to move him. 
I don't know that there's value added there, so maybe the best thing is start the year with the Sixers and then see play him out from there and possibly trade them. Is that does that seem to you like a likely or probable way to start the season? Yeah, I think that's probably the most likely. I agree with you. Um, I'm not sure I'm super thrilled about it. Yeah, I can. Uh, but I, I in all of our voices, it just seems like, yeah, that's probably it. Well, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think you're exactly right. With the way Daryl Morey is stubborn, uh, with the way he's not going to trade him for what he deems to be a poor value, I think with the way he looks at James Harden, or at least the return of James Harden in trade, as one of the few ways to get a a star level, they're not getting a star level player back, but at least a the trade assets they could then flip into a star level player. Um, I don't think he's going to take a substandard deal just to make the the trade this offseason. I agree. Last one for me, uh, DB. Uh, I do the morning show with Joe DeCamera ten days ago, twelve days, or whatever, and we had Billy King on, and I asked Billy a question about Harden and and Dame or whatever, and Billy's response was in part. And Joel Embiid has to be part of it. And Joel Embiid has to be good with it. And they got to make sure Joel's good with this decision, that decision going forward with the team. And last night I had Kurt Heelan on from NBC Sports. I know you know him, NBA writer. And he specifically said to me, well, if Embiid is good with it, then that might be a way that the Sixers go. How will we know if Joel Embiid is good with what the Sixers are doing this offseason? Yeah, uh, I would say we probably won't. You know, he's pretty quiet in that regard. I don't think he wants to play the GM uh, role out in public. Uh, And he doesn't, you know, we can read into some of his cryptic tweets. He doesn't tweet uh, as much as he used to and certainly with as much directness as he used to. You know, I think it's key for, obviously, Maury to loop him in the entire way and get his input uh, because this is a – it feels like it could be a real – inflection point of the franchise uh and like i said one of the few ways they have of really building a meaningful contender around him so you have to keep him looped in every step of the way and maury has to know whether or not he's okay and maury also has to guess whether or not you know it's one thing for joel Embiid to maybe sign off on a gap year now but when he's in the middle of it and fighting for you know every win that they get and maybe barely over 500 is he still going to be okay with it because sometimes it's harder to live through a reality than it was when than you thought it would be at the beginning. Um, but I still think, you know, Joel Embiid, he, he reminds me, and this is a, it's going to, it's a tough comparison because he just asked out. He reminds me a lot of Dame Lillard in that he is very loyal to the franchise in the city. Uh, I think he is, I don't want to say he's, he's not going to ask out, but he's been through quite a bit in terms of, you know, sitting out that year where, um, you know, Ben Simmons held out. Uh, he didn't show any real ill effects of that. I think he's probably a little more loyal than maybe we give him credit for it to the city and the franchise. Um, that doesn't mean that they can screw this up, but I would be surprised if there's anything imminent in Joel Embiid showing unhappiness. But I like your instinct. That's that. also tough to gauge. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, it could flip at a moment. Yep. I think we we all hope you're right in that. Um, as we let you go, we did not bring up other than playing that highlight at the beginning of the uh, segment, Mo Bamba or Randy Beverly, this segment, uh, should we have, or we're good not talking about that? I mean, Bamba's interesting just because he's so athletic and protect the rim. Uh, he can, he's developed an outside game. I think he can be a viable option as a, uh, you know, one of your options as a backup center. He's not consistent on a night night basis, but I think you can plug him in. Um, Patrick Beverly, I think, is a couple years past his prime. Uh, really good, you know, was a really good defender. He could shoot a uh, three-point ball off the catch, uh, which was really good as a fit in Houston a while back. 
but he's just he, he might be a little past his yeah. expiration, hence why you can get him on a one-year deal. There you go. Derek Bodner, always a pleasure. Follow Derek on Twitter at Derek Bodner NBA. Listen to the Daily Six podcast. Hey, thanks so much, man. Uh, really appreciate it. Go, uh, go hit that breakfast buffet there, man. You know, <laughs> no, don't worry. I will. Live long. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you so DB, much. Thanks, buddy. There you go. Uh, all right. Before we uh, move it over to leading office, we already got a caller or two wants to uh, check in on baseball. But before we do, let us find out. From producer Nick Earnshaw. Nick, is there anything we forgot to talk about today? There's a couple things you guys missed. And I'm going to start you know, with the NBA coming off Derek Bodner joining the show today. You have to talk about the play-in tournament. That was announced yesterday by the oh. NBA. The Philadelphia 76ers, they are going to be in East Group A along with the Cavaliers, the Atlanta Hawks, Indiana Pacers, and Detroit Pistons. Are you guys a fan of this uh, this play-in tournament type oh, thing? It's not a play-in, whatever I'm, it is. I'm going to sit back and let Jody go to town on this one. Shame on me. I meant to ask Derek that question. I was going to ask him, if the Sixers get beat in the second round of the playoffs, will anyone in this town say, yeah, but we won the NBA Cup, the in-season tournament that Adam Silver shoehorned into the NBA's year and calendar and schedule, whatever. He was determined to make this happen. He thinks it's going to have a soccer effect that these in-season tournaments is going to play and excite the fan base in the NBA. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, Nice try. I appreciate the fact that he made every effort, and at least as per the scheduling, they're going to get it done for a year. It's not going to move me at all. uh, Max, sitting around on a uh, Tuesday at 6 o'clock, you're looking at your TV guide wondering, oh, wow, it's an NBA tournament game. I need to be on TNT or ESPN tonight. Yeah, not happening. No. For you? Uh, the, no. Silly. What yeah, else? I, so with that one, I just have to say, they do it in the G League too, but I, the NBA is not the G League, so I don't know what they're trying to do with the, no. this tournament. So also, yesterday, uh, you had the Futures game. We mentioned that as well, but they also had the Celebrity Softball game. And Ryan Howard hit a home run yesterday. He was part of the celebrity softball game. Maybe you bring him back to play first base. I don't know. Maybe. I didn't even know Howard took part. Jody, everybody has their favorite players from that run. Uh, To me, it was, I guess I'm going to take three, which doesn't make it that selective. Rollins and Howard and Hamels were the were the guys that I liked. More so than Utley, because most people say Utley above all others. I know. Everybody had Utley. Doesn't mean I didn't love Utley, but, yeah, I, those are my guys. Okay. Uh, I was a Ryan Howard guy because chicks and sports talk show hosts dig the long ball. Yes, we do. What else you got? All right. Finally, another Philadelphia Philly was added to the All-Star game. Craig Kimbrell going with Nick Cassianos to Seattle. So that's, that's the last All-Star for the Phillies. Good on him. He, he deserved it. He earned it. He's been tremendous the last two months. Um, I was always a Kimball guy. I know he would have bouts of giving up hits and walks, but he didn't give up runs in his other stops, including Boston, where he helped them win a world championship. That was a pretty damn good signing by Dombrowski this offseason. Very good. I think it's a it's more of a career achievement award that they're giving it to him. But you know what? If you take look at his stats since the beginning of May, uh, you know he's he's got it, and it would be great to see him close it out on Tuesday night. Yeah, there you go. He, he's got an advocate in the dugout with him. Yes, he does. That's right. Let's give him that one more save. All right. Uh, you know what? Let's sneak in Carl in Bucks County. He has been hanging in. He, let's get him up before we uh, switch it over to leading off. Carl, what's on your mind today? 
turn on the radio, taking a ride out in the country, and the first thing I hear is the replay of Johnny Callison hitting that home run. And I'm telling you, that's one of my fondest memories. If I'm not mistaken, that was the 1964 All-Star Game. That is correct. And, and if it's 64, that was our year. We're going to the World Series. Uh, you, I, excuse me. Is this Ray Dinger who's called in here? Ooh. Let me tell you. I've had to, I have had this conversation with Ray so many times. Go ahead. And it. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that's the year Bunning throws the no-hitter perfect game on Father's Day. At Shea Stadium. So this is our year. And, <laughs> and he, and he I know. hits it off of a guy named, you just mentioned his name, Dick Raddatz. Dick Raddatz now, if you yeah. remember the movie Major League and that big, ugly relief pitcher, yeah. that guy was a movie star compared to Dick Raddatz. You know what Dick, Dick Raddatz's, Raddatz's nickname was? The monster. Oh, good work by you, Carl. The monster. Are you kidding? This man scared children in the stand. He was here. Absolutely. And he's huge. He's yeah, huge. he, he was he's like six six. Forward. And in exactly. 1964, and there weren't a lot of major leaguers who were six foot six. Exactly. And Callison, first of all, Callison was a very good looking guy. Very nice guy. I think he I think he was he was our right fielder. He had an arm like a Hannon, yep. yeah, good arm, and he's he's a fantastic player, and he's coming up against this guy. And Callison might have been all of 180. And he ninth did, inning tie uh, game, two men on for the National League. And by the way, Johnny Callison that day is in a lineup that includes Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, right. Willie McCovey, Roberto that's Clemente. Right. I mean, the the star power in the National League in that era was unbelievable. Unbelievable, and he comes in off the bench. I don't know. I don't think he was pinch hitting. I don't no, he was not that. starting. Right, right. But he's the smallest power hitter on that team, and he was movie star, good looking, big, nice smile. In fact, he wound up being a bartender in retirement up here in Bucks County. Yeah, a place called Tomato. Carl, we got to run, but I want to ask you this question because you obviously, how old were you in 1964? 1964. Um, I'm born in 45, so what, 19? Okay, so you're, okay, right you're just you're like a year or two older than Ray Dinger. And Ray and I have talked about yeah. this, and Ray, Ray wrote this in his book. Ray was a freshman at Temple that year yeah. and, and says that he almost flunked out as the Phillies collapsed down the stretch at the end of September. You October. have no idea. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was working at a drugstore behind the counter. Long story short, we had World Series tickets that the owner of the place was giving away because we lost. Oh. I, I, unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, call again, man. That was, that was good stuff. Home. Glad we could yeah. share it with you. Well, there you go. Yep. There you go. And I thought Johnny Callison was big. He was describing him as a small guy and uh, a little before my time, uh, not the uh, callers and Ray Dingerds. I remember Johnny Callison in the later stage of his career playing for the Yankees. Let me, look up. Let, me look up. Let me look up his size. And I looked him up. He's 5'10". Oh, he was right. Wow. I thought he was more like a six-footer. I didn't think he was ever 6'2 or 6'3", but, yeah, just 5'10". I, I didn't remember that, Johnny Carlson. So that was a great story that he shared with us. Played for the Phillies from 1960 to 1969. Made three all-star teams. So, yeah, he was... Got some MVP votes that year. Oh, there you go. And yeah, I remember him with the early 70s Yankees toward the tail end of well, his career. So, Jody, when um, the Immaculate Grid comes up tomorrow, Phillies-Yankees. Oh, boom. you know who I'm going with. You're all set. That's a layup. 
<laughs> and I don't think a lot of people are going to do that one. I think you'll be in good shape. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to move to leading off. We will take your calls during leading off, 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.